You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Fantasy Football Frenzy right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, Tony Zicada for the next hour. All the offseason stuff in the NFL that you can handle. We discuss and break it down right here. Remember, there is no offseason here on the Fantasy Sports Network. We talk fantasy football 24-7, 365. Maybe not 24-7, but definitely 365. You'll catch us talking about some fantasy football, the hobby that moves the needle. Tony Zincotta, what's going on with you, my man? No, I'm doing good. I'm doing really well. You know, it's funny. Uh, these NFL executives are amazing. I like the stories from the combine. I like the stories of the the craziness that goes on in some of these interviews. I wish, we, you know, forget showing us guys lifting weights. Let's watch the interviews. I think that would be the, that would be that. Now that would be the good behind the scenes stuff as the players go from team hotel room to team hotel room to get interviewed. Because always, Tony, like you said, we hit these controversies coming out the combine. Like I said, pretty soon somebody's Wonder Lick test score get leaked. But Tony, what job do you go on an interview and the people and the person interviewing you ask you, um, do you like men? Well, I'm pretty sure there's a law in the United States uh, that you can't hire anyone based on sexual orientation. I think that um, every uh, 99.8% of a human resources department would have a, uh, they'd be um, pooping bricks if you ask that question to any prospective employees. Because I used to interview people, and I'm pretty sure that wasn't on our list of things we could interview. So I don't think that's uh, there. But in the NFL, they do it, right? Do you like men? You know what? I would have, I would have, uh, I don't know. This is kind of a crazy situation. These are college kids out of, out of, uh, you know, 20, 21 years old. It seems like they go a little too far with these things. Yeah. And then here's the thing about it is, is, is the, is, is the thing, Tony, that I find interesting talking about the young man, Darius Geis, running back prospect from Louisiana State University, who we've talked about on this program before. You look at the way his numbers took a dip in his in his uh his most recent season as opposed to the season two years ago. But still he looks to be one of the top running back prospects on the board. Um in the top two or three, well, right behind Saquon Barkley, or maybe he's third behind Saquon Barkley. So the question was, Tone, somebody he was asked if he liked men, and then he was asked, was his mother a prostitute, Tony? And I understand maybe they're trying to see the player's temperament and stuff like that. But the line of respect of these questions is sometimes a little bit of uh, tr- questioning to me. But here's the thing, Tony. The NFL has come out and said these questions were inappropriate and they have to stop. So they're going to do it again next year, though, Tony. Yeah, I mean, this is not anything new. So I don't get it. You know, what if the kid, what if the poor kid said, you know what, I, I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't like men, but I might have sucked a pee-pee during a hazing incident. <laughs> And that was leaked to the world, right? The poor kid. Can you imagine the trouble he'd be in the locker room, right? <laughs> he would be in a ton of trouble in the locker room if that information did get out, Tony. So, you know, Barkley, I mean, excuse me, not Barkley, Geis more or less said, yeah. You know what? Not to make it fun in light of it, but what if a team leaked that to try to, like, say they wanted to pick guys, right? And they didn't have a first-round pick, but they had, like, a middle of the second-round pick. And they, they leaked that, that you know, he had a hazing incident gone wrong and that he might be a problem in the locker room. And then they drafted him in the middle of the second round. Like, there's so many bad things that could happen out of this. Yeah, this, 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 you're right, Tony. And but and they say that they're going to clean this up. Obviously, NFL spokesman Brian McCarthy said a question such as that is completely inappropriate and will wholly and is, is, is inappropriate and wholly contrary to the league workplace policies. The NFL and its clubs are committed to providing equal opportunity employment to all employees. It don't sound like that in a manner that oh. is consistent with our commitment to diversity and inclusion, state and federal laws in the CBA. We are looking into the matter. But you my just, gay people. Demand that guy gets fired. Whoever asked the question, I hope it's Pete Carroll, but it probably wasn't. <laughs> we'll get into Pete Carroll a little bit later on. But, Tony, <laughs> two years ago, Mark Hand Manuel, a, a name that's going to be hot in the head coaching circles at the end of this season, he's going to be in the um, – it's his cycle that's coming up. Uh, Mark Hand Manuel, an Atlanta Falcons secondary coach, uh, asked Eli Apple during the combine if he liked men. Uh, he had to apologize later on. But in 2010 – 
Dolphins general manager Jeff Island asked Des Bryant a question during the pre-draft. Yeah. During the pre-draft, his mother was a prostitute. So yeah. it, it, we always they always say they're going to clean this type of stuff up, Tony. But every year these NFL executives ask the same questions and nobody is punished for it. No, they, they definitely think that they're above all that. It's crazy because you're 100% right. I mean, it goes back to Des Bryant. Des Bryant's been in the league for a while, so they say they're going to clean it up. It's been here forever. Nobody does anything, and it's crazy. And I'll just find a different way to word it. I mean, has your mother ever been paid uh, any money to escort men around the e- around in the evening? That's crazy, Tony. Uh, so it's uh, right. That is that's that's wild. When you look at this combine, it almost you sometimes with the NFL combine, Tony, and I like to look at it and get into it. But it almost looks as if you're watching something you shouldn't be watching, with the players oh, being with the players with uh, uh, the players up there shirtless, you know, with stuff like that and poking and prodding by doctors. How fast can you run? How fast can you jump? How big is this part? How big is that part? You almost feel like you almost feel kind of creepy watching this stuff. I understand it's for scouting purposes, but some of it to a slave, the slave trade. Oh, the greatest part is when they talk about the quarterback size of hands. It reminds me of Donald Trump and Marco Rubio during the election, <laughs> right? You need a quarterback with big hands. I, I, and we don't even know if this stuff is true, right? We don't even know if this stuff is true. Like, if we look back at the history of the National Football League, I'm pretty sure Drew Brees doesn't have the biggest hands. I'm pretty sure that Tom Brady probably doesn't have the biggest hands. Uh, is it really a, a big thing? But this is what we discuss because we try to get every minutiae out of the combine and there's not enough to talk about and it's gone there and it's crazy we just started the show talking about a guy asking if he gets liked by men uh if he likes men but there was a guy there with one hand uh, that had the fastest 40 time in the history of the uh, nfl combine exactly tony so really it really puts it to rest why this this process is going through anyway i understand the nfl they do need some kind of process of scouting combine to see what these players are because these teams are taking major risk and major investments but sometimes the people that these coaches and general managers that they send out there are putting more risk into the team prospects than you can see with some of these young athletes, Tony. And and it's it's something that I think that in due diligence needs to be removed from the NFL. I think, but I do think the important part of it is these questions answered with these NFL general managers, but they seem like they need to be, uh, ask some questions themselves. Like here's a perfect question I would ask someone, right? Uh, Have you ever opened a bank account? That tells me if he has average intelligence, what kind of family life he has. You know, a kid in college probably should have a bank account. I could start there. And I don't think that's demeaning or anything, right? And and, and then you could get in discussion. Well, I've never had a kid could say, I never had a doll in my life. We, we, we were worried about putting the lights on in our house. And then you know the family background. You know this kid's an overachiever because he went from a family that can't even keep their lights on. It's just sitting in front of an NFL executive. Like there's so many ways you could do it in a positive environment, but they choose not to. Yeah, so it's yeah, you're right. They choose not to. It seems like it's business as usual with the uh, the network inside the NFL with these team executives tone. So it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. Speaking of the uh, the NFL Combine, the young man Shaquem Griffin, the the guy with one the guy the young man with one hand, um, he showed himself very well. They asked him obviously it brought up questions to Jim Abbott the former pitcher, uh, the Major League Baseball pitcher, who had one hand also. Tony Abbott said that this kid is way more tougher than he ever was. It was very impressive and inspirational to see uh, young Mr. Griffin, what he what he was able to do within the uh, NFL Combine. I'll tell you what, what was great was seeing the NFL players on Twitter rooting for this kid. Um, he got so many tweets from NFL players that were just like, wow, and uh, this is a great story. Jim Abbott. That, that's one of the things that's weird about – I feel like somehow Jim Abbott should be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Like we talk about – and I don't want – I can bring this up to you then. Jackie Robinson, right? Jackie Robinson was the first black player to play in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. He broke the color barrier, race discrimination, and he got in uh, the Hall of Fame. Shouldn't there be someone for like a disabled athlete that had one hand? Shouldn't it, shouldn't it be similar? It should be maybe a, maybe a wing or some kind of if you don't get the actual bus and maybe a plaque or maybe a, you know a, a video tribute or something like that. I'm not quite sure how it will work, Tony. But uh, yeah, no doubt it, that is overcoming a tremendous amount of odds. I mean, this kid plays football with one hand. 
I mean, this is insane what, what, what he could do. And I went back. I saw him play a couple, you know, they were undefeated this year. So I went back and, you know, I seen a couple of the last couple of games of the year they played in. Yeah. And at times he was the best player on the field defensively. He was the, the best player on the field defensively. But then after he goes through the combine, I go back and I watch some YouTube clips to see how he tackles. Like, cause that's the one thing you got to say, right? Have to how the hell is this kid going to tackle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he, 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 he rushes the passer. He hits a quarterback, um, and, and makes sacks and he makes plays. He can shed defenders, even though I think he's going to be ass rushing specialist. I think this is a guy that's going to be picked in the fourth or fifth round. No doubt about it, Tony. One of the things I would say, the reason why he's able to tackle, you know, m- minus the, uh, minus the limb is because of, his strength and obviously you saw him lift with the 225 you were able to see how strong he was that might have been more impressive than running the fastest 40 in the history of the combine by a linebacker he ran a 438 which was the fastest in the history of the combine by a linebacker but this kid was bench pressing 225 like it was nothing and um, I remember um, I was reading the story about his brother his brother his twin brother plays for the Seattle Seahawks and there was a time when he couldn't lift one at 225. There you go right there. So you worked yourself up. So definitely an inspiring story. Uh, do you know Do you know what happened to him, how he lost the limb? Yeah, if, this is the craziest story ever. He was four years old. Wow. And his mom came, his mom came in the kitchen and he wanted to cut his hand off because he was in so much pain. He took a knife out of the drawer and was trying to cut his hand off. And he had a disease uh, that affected his hand, and they had to take him to the doctor, and they had to cut it off. Uh, but he was in so much pain that his mom found him in the kitchen trying to cut his own hand off. Oh, wow. That's that's crazy right there. I did not know that story. So, uh, yeah, that's interesting stuff right there. But the young man was able to uh, come through this situation, and now he's a good chance that he is going to be a uh, NFL player. So good for him. So let me ask did you, you see uh, – Go ahead. Did you see when he ran when he ran the forty? Pete Carroll was there, and of course uh, his brother plays um, with the Seahawks, so he's there. Pete Carroll was treating it like his own kid ran the forty yard dash. Like Pete Carroll almost had a celebration worthy of like an NFC championship. Um, and it was good to see like people like you know you go there and most people are stoic like coaches and stuff. Yeah. I mean, when even coaches that don't have this kid are rooting for this kid. Yeah no, yeah, no doubt about it. Especially, I'm quite sure he is familiar with the scenario, the, the, the scenario with um with the young man's brother being on his team on on already a, as a member of the Seattle Seahawks. We're going to get into some Seattle Seahawks talking a little bit uh, and talk about that uh, gentleman uh, uh, Pete Carroll and the way he's putting that organization together out there and some of the move and some of the moves that they that they have made, um, Tony. But let me ask you about this. The, you said you watched some of this uh, University of Central Florida's games this year. Yeah. Coming down the stretch as they went on this undefeated season. Do you think that they had – do you think that they have an argument that they should be the national champions? Yes, but no. Yeah. Uh, like, they, they would – they won all their games. Like, they did everything they were supposed to. And here's the problem with with college football. You can say, oh, they could have played. No, they can't. Like, no one is going to play. Like, the University of, uh, let's just say, let's take any, like, the University of Florida. They're not going to agree to play the University of Central Florida because all they can do is look bad in that situation. So they're not going to get those games on their schedule. And they try to get those games on their schedule because that's like a Super Bowl for them, right? That's the big game. But those teams won't play them. they rather go and they rather play the Stony Brooks, give Stony Brook 300000 and then bang them out 62-4 to and use that as their preseason game because there's no preseason in college. And that, and see, that's the part right there. And you're absolutely right, Tone. It's because of, it's because of situations like this why you're never really going to see this happen. Because when you no. look at their at their skin, no, who's who, who in their right mind is going to go play this team? That's the thing about Alabama's not going to take a trip down there, and, they, and they're not going to have them nope. come to Tuscaloosa because they could lose. Yeah, there's no way. Like that's that's the people don't realize, and that's why I say, yeah. Do they have a right to claim? Yeah, absolutely. They went undefeated. They played everybody they could, and you didn't invite them to play in the playoffs. I'd like to see it eight teams, and I'd like to see the, I'd like to see the conference champion in the top five conferences get in. And but I still think that even if they win that scenario, 
the undefeated, undefeated Central Florida, well, they would have found a way to screw them, and they wouldn't have gotten the playoffs even with eight teams. You don't think it with eight teams they would have been the representative for the uh, the from the um what you call it? Not the they Power should've. Five, but the uh. You know what I'm talking about. I can't think of the name right now. Yeah, they should have. They should have been a representative. But this, we've learned through this whole basketball situation how corrupt this college politics is, right? Yeah. And we've seen it, uh, you know, in the past that there's no way, like, you're gonna say uh, Urban Meyer. No, we're gonna go with uh, Central Florida this year. Uh, Ohio State can go. You know, they'll be back next year. No, that's never gonna happen. No, they had Georgia Tech was on the schedule. That game was canceled. Uh, Georgia Tech. That would have been. Uh, a, a big win for them if they would have had that chance, uh, their shot. It, games against Cincinnati, Navy, SMU, Temple, Memphis. At the time, Memphis was ranked when they played Memphis. Yeah. Um. So they had that one. They the University of Maryland, which you know is not that's not the football school. And then you know the the, the game the um East Carolina, Austin P, Connecticut, and then South Florida, and then in the Peach Bowl beating Auburn. So really, it 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 was it like you said the scheduling is tough, but it would make absolutely no sense to go down there and play Central Florida. But I do think we see the college football playoff expanded. Yeah, I I, I hope it does, and I hope that somehow it'll be uh, fair. But I still think a team like this will have a tough time each year. And it was great, like they had to go out, and that's the bad thing too. So. If, like you don't know how if it was a playoff atmosphere and they played Auburn, it might have been a little different. You got to think about it. This game meant everything to the University of Central Florida team. The Auburn team lost their last game to Georgia, which they would have got into the uh, playoffs if they had won. And so they're like, oh, they got to wait a month and play the University of Central Florida, which nobody in their right mind was going to get up for. And so you never know what would have happened there if it was a real playoff game. Yeah, so uh, and still shout out to them on on the great season. They do have some very good yeah. players on that team too. So it's going to be interesting to see how that situation plays out in the future and moving forward and stuff like that. Tone. So, um, we alluded to Pete Carroll. Didn't Brandon Marshall go there? I don't believe Brandon Marshall went. I'm not sure where did Brandon Marshall go. I can look that information up, though, I think, Tony. I have a computer in front of I'm me. I'm looking it up now. I think. He I think. Uh, I think he. He did. Yeah. Is it the right Brandon Marshall? Brandon Marshall. No, yeah. this is the other Brandon Marshall. The wide receiver. It says football wide receiver. Um. Yeah, Giants. They have the wrong picture, though. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> they have the wrong picture. How about that? Look at that. <laughs> oh, man, Tony. Who said the internet was always right? Yeah, look at this. Somebody screwed up on the internet. You know, I love it. I think this guy right here, this Brandon Marshall right here, uh, and he knelt for the national anthem, and the other Brandon Marshall started, got all the death threats and, and all the hate tweets and stuff like that. I love it when that happens, Tony. So here, here's the uh, UF, uh, UCF alumni. Uh, Kevin Smith, former Detroit Lion, um, Blake Bortles, Brandon Marshall. Okay, look at Blake Bortles. So you go right there. Isn't our buddy from the industry uh, a UCF guy? Um, oh, boy, his name escapes me right now, Tony. A fantasy baseball guy. Collette? Jason Collette? Oh, Jason Collette? I'm not sure. Jason Collette. He's from that area. He could be. Mm-hmm. I think Jason Collette's a UCF guy. So um, there you go right there. So got that situation out the way with the NFL Combine. One of the uh, great... Yes, UCF. Defenses of the of our generation of football, Tony, has uh, come to an end. That is the Legion of Boom and what they were able to do with the secondary and that defense with the Seattle Seahawks. Those days are no more. We break it down and we discuss and we come back right here on the Fantasy Football Frenzy. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-844-FNTSY. That's 844 844- 
843-6879. The Fancy Sports Radio Network, your free fancy source, 24 hours a day. Always good to get a little young Jeezy in the playlist. Bug motivation. I got it. What up, Tone? Is Jeff is Jeffrey still alive? Jeffrey who? Hey. Skeleton? <laughs> yes, Jeff is alive. He's over there in the corner. Oh, I haven't seen him in a while. Hey, I, I got a feel-good story for you, I think. All right, let's go with it. I don't know how Shoot you, it. I got to pay. I don't know how you feel about guys getting shot in the head. Oh, no, that's terrible. Uh, free agent... Yeah, free agent wide receiver Stedman Bailey worked out for scouts during Marshall's Pro Day. He was shot in the head November 15th, and Bailey's career was thought to be over, but he still helped make a return. I know a lot of teams probably remember me and what type of player I was at the time. I'm trying to prove that I'm still that guy, probably even better. It's about proving it and capitalizing on opportunities that are given to me, says Stedman Bailey, uh, who caught 59 passes for 843 yards and two touchdowns in three seasons before being shot in the head. Yeah, now that's tough right there, Tony. Um, obviously, the, the mortality rate from taking a bullet to the head is very low. So, you know, he had that young man had a strong fight to get back, a tough fight to get back. I remember Stedman Bailey. He can play a little bit. So yeah. hopefully he uh, he uh, can get back out there and uh, get back into the NFL, as that would be a, 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 a success story right there. Also, in the commercial break, Tony, we heard that uh, the, the, the BFFs, they do a great job talking about Tim Tebow. I was reading a story the other day about David Wright and how how sad this David Wright situation is. David Wright was talking about himself in the past tense. That's not even good right there. Do you know that Tim Tebow no. has a better shot to take a nap bat at City Field this season than David Wright does? You know what? I agree 110%. But this is a crazy thing, and I, I, you know, I don't know David Wright. Scott, of does. course, our friend Scott Angle. <laughs> Scott does, and he and he treats when it talks to Scott. Uh, he yeah. he treats like, yeah, he's the greatest thing in the world. But David Wright's in a bad situation for an athlete because people always like, oh, why doesn't David Wright retire? Well, he doesn't retire because he's getting paid twenty million dollars not to play. Yeah, and pe- people will call you out for that, but. If we were in that same situation, I'd probably do the same thing. You know, I wouldn't retire. I mean, David Wright paid this year $20 million. In 2019, $15 million. In 2020, $12 million. You know what? I'd probably collect every single one of those dollars and not retire. I if I can get keep getting paid while I'm injured, why would I retire? He was on a trajectory. He was on a path to be a, a, a Hall of Fame, uh, a member of the Baseball Hall of Fame, kind of numbers that he was putting up. He was the cornerstone of that franchise through some lean years. He did it with uh, style and grace all the time. So it's it's, uh, it's 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 not good to see this happening to him right now. But I agree with you. I would not retire either. I know he struggles with that too, Tony, because I kind of guess he feels like he's yeah. getting his money and he's not playing. That's the kind of guy he is. But you, I'm, I'm not yeah. gonna, I'm not going to leave forty something million dollars sitting out there. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I'm saying? The only excuse thing, me. <laughs> the only, yeah, the only thing I might do is give them like a, a little break if they give me like a 20-year deal to like uh hang out in the front office yeah no doubt i can do that yeah like a, like like an ambassador like a team ambassador kind of like like yeah. like like uh john like the like, like the knicks have with alan houston and john stark and john stalks where yeah you know ticket t- you know you have events for season ticket holders you need a guy to come yeah. on opening night or whatever the case may be something like that uh, do that or put me next to keith hernandez in the booth and i can talk about craziness too yeah there you go right there so um, that's our little baseball interlude. So if we get that out out of the way. I know I said we want to talk about this situation. Go ahead. That's a good bet though in Las Vegas. Uh, they should put someone, some casino should put that out there. Who gets the next at bat, City Field, David Wright or Tim Tebow? That is interesting. Tebow. It's, it's going to be hard for it to be David Wright. It might be a push when it all when it's all said and done. But the smart yeah. money would be on Tebow. Yeah. I thought Tebow thing would happen last year. I really thought the Mets were going to cave in into uh, just having one day where you bring Tim Tebow up and have Tim Tebow bobblehead all the other place out one day. I really like if anybody's a Mickey Mouse organization, I thought it was them. You don't understand, Tony. As the day that the New York Mets called Tim Tebow up, I'm I'm go to that game. 
<laughs> I'm gonna go to that game so I can take pictures of it and hang it up in Studio 34 so I can say to Met fans, you had Tim Tebow in your starting lineup. <laughs> what's next? <laughs> exactly. What's next? <laughs> oh, it's hope to God that Wilson never plays a game for the Yankees. Yeah, there you go, right there. But at least Russell Wilson's a Super Bowl <laughs> champion quarterback. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Tony, I want to talk about some of these free agents right quick. We'll get to Pete Carroll a little bit later on. We've got plenty of time to talk about Pete Carroll. We've got an offseason to talk about Pete Carroll. But um, I want to start off by saying this. I heard a rumor, uh, Tony, that the Baltimore Ravens are going to be in the market for A.J. McCarron and that Joe Flacco very well could be in a position battle in 2018. Yeah, so I, it seems to me – that the Ravens are certainly going to address the quarterback situation. I don't know if it's going to be through free agency or it's going to be through the draft, but they're going to address the quarterback situation um, this season. And it's crazy to think about uh, how much money that Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco is one of the top five paid quarterbacks in the National Football League, and they're not getting anything close to the value uh, from Joe Flacco. Uh, that being said, do you bring in another free agent? Because what what kind of deal is AJ? From everything it seems like to me, it's going to be that they still want him in Cleveland, even if they draft a quarterback, which is kind of crazy to me. I have all that money in a position. Um, so they're going to do something. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he goes to Baltimore. I think Baltimore drafts a quarterback, maybe not in the first round, but they draft a quarterback. And that's and that guy made me set up to be the heir apparent to Joe Flacco. Tell you, Tony, let me tell you something right here. I, I read this yesterday, and this right here, if I was a Baltimore, I've been a guy that supported, a supporter of Joe Flacco, but he's been terrible the past couple years. This is right here, Tony, it's going to blow your mind, and it's almost, you wouldn't think that this would be humanly possible. Alvin Kamara averaged more yards per rush than Joe Flacco did per pass. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> that's 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 great, and it's kind of crazy. Like Joe Flacco, when he was in his his prime, which was probably four or five years ago. Um, he could throw the ball down the field, and now he makes no attempts. So it tells you physically he ain't right. There you go right there. That that ACL injury, those injuries to his back, I think have shot his confidence, and I think we've seen the best. We've clearly seen the best of, of one Mr. Joe Flacco. Another player we may have seen the best of, he's getting ready to hit the free agent market, is uh, Minnesota Vikings quarterback Sam Bradford. The organization has already come out and said the man's knee is degenerative. I think he's got to be looking for a one-year deal as a plug-and-play backup somewhere, right, Tom? Oh, there's nothing else they could do. And yet, you look at what this guy's done, right, over those last two years in Minnesota. He could 71 and 74% of his passes. You combine them, it's over 72%. Like, those are astronomical numbers. Yet, you can't be a good player if you can't stay on the field. And I just don't know how he can do it. He's going to be a backup quarterback, very good team. And he's going to be that, like, safety situation for, like, one or two games. And Because anything more than that, he's going to have a problem. No doubt about it. He's going to be a player that you're not going to be able to trust, like you said, one or two games at the most, and then after that, it's just about, you know, when the next time he's going to be healthy. So Sam Bradford's career not going the way one would have thought to this day, Tony. I really I, – I, I always say this, and people always make fun of me for saying this. I wish Colt McCoy would have had the opportunities that Sam Bradford has had. Really? Yeah. They, those two will always be know. linked to me, but Colt McCoy never got a shot. Sam Bradford got plenty of opportunities. Well, the whole situation in Washington is not a great management, but they had a choice to get that job, and they went out and got Alex Smith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor Colt. Uh, forever my man. The only mine. But, Tony, I will go to bat for Colt McCoy anytime I get a chance to. Um, Tyler Eifert is going into free agency, Tony. Um, yep. I don't know what to say. I love, oh, I, I, but I love it though when he's sitting there in the ninth round in your fan, a fantasy draft in 2018. People say Tyler Eifert's there in the ninth. I'll take a shot. No, because he's not going to play. He's going to be. He's going to. I can tell you what happened. He's going to play two games, then he's going to go to the IR with a back injury. People, here's the thing you need to know about Tyler Eifert. He's 27 years of age, right? In his NFL career, he's caught 40 passes or more once. 
one time. One time. That's that 2015 season where he has 30 touchdowns. We're hanging on to that one touchdown. And here's the other thing I'll tell you. That Tyler Eifert was a product of a, a... offense that features the tight end because his replacement came in and put up the same numbers Tyler Eifert did. So if you're another team, I don't know what your expectations are, but this is someone I wouldn't draft. No, I I would not touch Tyler Eifert. Those days are long gone. I haven't touched Tyler Eifert in two seasons. And I just Tyler Eifert's never going to be healthy. He's a waste of a draft pick on a fantasy team. The only way I would would possibly fall into a situation like this is if Gronkowski retired and he ended up in New England, and then I could see and he'd get drafted way before I picked him. But I would I would take a shot at him. Then I can agree with you with that. If Rob if you went Gron- to another tight end off. If Rob Gronkowski, end, you know, heavy offense. If Rob Gronkowski retires, Tony, the tight end in New England next year would be Cameron Brait. Ooh. If, yeah, Cameron Bray. It, it's interesting because you look at all the mock drafts that are out there, and they all have them picking a pass rusher or a cornerback in that. So they, it looks like the Patriots will definitely address the defense, which there's no argument that that's where they need to address. But I also think that the Patriots, uh, through free agency, uh, could uh, have Richard Sermon and Aqib Tlaib on the two corners next year. I think that could happen, too. I think that's a situation that New England would definitely look into, and I think both of those young men would like to play for the New England Patriots. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. They, if, they, if they still had control of Deion Lewis, they could have used Deion Lewis as a piece to go get Cameron Brake, but I don't think that happens with Deion Lewis getting ready to approach free agency. No, like he's going to go and uh, he's going to get paid, which everybody uh, should be entitled to, and then uh, – <laughs> Go from there, and uh, I'll tell you what the there's a bunch of running backs out there though that uh, um, Deion Lewis is a weird situation because if you're a team and you like, do I commit to this guy? I mean, he's been in the league for a while, and it's the first time he's ever stayed healthy for a season. Like, how much can you commit to him? I wouldn't at all. If I to me, he's a, he's a, to me he's a negative side of a timeshare. That's what Deion Lewis is to me. And like I said, Tampa. It, it, that's a deal that Tampa would make, but Tampa needs to go get a real running back if they really want to see this offense take place and this young quarterback grow. Or else they're going to be starting over again next year, Tony. So speaking of Tampa, uh, Doug Martin's getting ready to hit free agency, and I think I got I got to I got to think the market is probably going to be very uh, light for Doug Martin. But the Seattle Seahawks will always be looking for a retread running back. Yeah, I think Doug Martin's very interesting because he's been a huge disappointment, but he's had, again, a big season where everybody's going to look to and say, oh, maybe we're going to get this out of Doug Martin. Um, Seattle would be a team. I think you're looking at San Francisco as a possibility uh, to step in there and play uh, with Matt Breida. Um, He is a guy that uh, you look at it, he's saying he's done. I mean, this is a guy... That's caught 49 balls, too, in a season. I mean, he's had some seasons here, but we know he had alcohol problems. Uh, we know the seventh season, the NFL running back lifespans about four seasons. Maybe he's just washed up. Yeah, I, I, you nailed it. I think that's the situation right there. I think that you can say that he is washed up because, like you said, he, he's the, his, we've seen the, we've clearly seen the best of him, but the best of him seemed to be yeah. like a seven-game stretch in his rookie year. <laughs> his rookie year was the year that he put it up. Uh, he did come back though in 2015 yes, and put together 1,400 yards. He might let the NFL run yards. Yeah, 4.9 yards a carry in that season. Um, he wasn't using the passing game as much that year as he was uh, his rookie season. I don't know. I think he's done though. I, I think when you think about all the off the field issues plus a seven year running back, that's a lot of tread. Yeah, I agree. I think it's I think it's done too. But I think he's a guy that'll pick up someplace in the negative side of a timeshare, more or less a body on a team. Uh, Case Keenum, uh, Tony, interesting, getting ready to head into his free agent year. His name's been bandied about a lot with different teams that need quarterbacks. I don't know. I think the guy stays in Minnesota. If if Minnesota does not get I Cousins, sh- I think it's Case Keenum. Oh, if he, yeah, I agree with you. If Minnesota doesn't get, I'm gonna, I think that Case Keenum's actually going to be the quarterback. Of Minnesota and Denver, whoever loses Kirk Cousins sweepstakes. Mm-hmm. 
I can see that happening. I can see that but being a lot the case of people right are, there. A lot of people don't agree on the Denver situation because people think that Denver is going to draft a quarterback if they don't get Case if they don't get um, Kirk Cousins. But I, I sit there and I say, you just drafted Paxton Lynch two years ago in the first round. Mm. You missed. Are you going to try it again and not have one of the elite quarterbacks and try to grab another guy a little earlier and then fail again? Like you can't keep doing that. It kills your franchise. When we come back on the other side. We'll get into a franchise that looks to be going in an opposite direction. That's the Seattle Seahawks, the exodus of the Legion of Boom. We'll break that down. Fantasy exec Tony Cicada is the fantasy football frenzy. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Football Frenzy on the Fancy Sports Radio Network. Don't forget, uh, let me find something to read. Check out Fantrax.com. How about that? You can create the Love ultimate it. dynasty keeper or redraft fantasy league using Fantrax's free commissioner product. Find out how it feels to have the deepest player pool, multi-team trades, player plus salary, and contract options at your fingertips, all of which are fully customizable customizable, excuse me. And with Fantrax Treasurer, you can set leak entry fees and safely distribute payouts with a third party so you don't have to track down owners for payments. Promo code AL, that's A-L-AL, at sign up for a chance to win 10 private consultations with our own fantasy baseball, our host Al Melchior, valued at $109. Find out why Fantrax is the home of fantasy sports and check out Fantrax.com today. Tony, I worry about this thing. I don't know if you heard this, Tony. I worry about this thing with Al Melchior and these consultations, these hundred nine dollar consultations, being gone for free, because going for free because yeah. does Al Melkier still get the hundred and nine dollars? Uh, yeah, I don't know how that works. He's you know Al's a Al's a very smart guy, and he's been around for a while. I'm sure he's uh he you know he's got a good agent that's still getting there. I, I got an announcement to make. Let's um, do it. Tom. I, are you interested in this? Sure. Um, due to the Due to the sad state of my sex life, okay. I have decided to con- I have decided to convert to Islam. Oh, um, okay. Islam. Yes, yes. I'm going to be Islamic. My new name is Seldom Ben Laid. <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy football frenzy right here on FNTSY Radio. I love that one right there, Tony. That was a good one. Oh, Seldom that's Ben Laid. Yeah, I wonder how he, would, he wouldn't know what. Yeah, he wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, if you would have said you can't, you can't make that kind of uh, a joke if Mister Sussman is hosting the show, uh, Tony, because you're getting you're getting get trouble. You We're gonna have protesters outside the studio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what the hell! You I, never know. Yeah, you, you, you're right, Tony. You never know. All right, so let's get into this thing, Tony. Um, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater, the other Minnesota Viking quarterback. I guess people, first and foremost, people want to know if this guy is healthy. They want to get in there and take a look at the knee itself. I think he's wherever he's at this year, Tony, I think he's a backup. I think it could start for the Dolphins, though. Really? So that would be interesting because I think the Dolphins could be open to a quarterback competition, but I don't think if they sign him – He's going to be given the job. I think he has to go to camp and he has to beat Ryan Tannehill out, in which I'm not convinced that would happen. Bridgewater hasn't played in a long time. And for the limited part that we saw, it wasn't impressive last year. What's the two quarters he played? Um, he'd have to win in. He'd have to beat him out. And Tannehill would be familiar with the offense, too. So I don't think it's as easy as that is. But if the Dolphins struggled, then Bridgewater would take over. But I don't know if he would win that job on, on week one. 
Yeah, I think I think it would, it would be interesting to see. And you're right, him having control, him and Tannehill having a, a upper hand because he's knowing the offense. And also, um, we got to really see how healthy Teddy Bridgewater truly is. But he did, he 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 has made it back to the NFL, so that's good to see. Yeah, I don't think anyone like other team like say Arizona, the Jets, Cleveland, and Buff, maybe Buffalo, right? No, Buffalo's more like Miami to me, as long as they keep uh, the quarterback there. So Arizona, the Jets, um, in Cleveland, they're not going to sign Teddy Bridgewater to be their number one quarterback, right? I think Teddy Bridgewater only going to a place that will have a competition that has a fringe quarterback like a Tyrod Taylor, a Ryan Tannehill, and letting him compete for the job. But I don't see anyone turning it all the way over to Teddy Bridgewater. I agree with you on, on that tone, but don't you think that out of all, like Teddy Bridgewater has the best pedigree out of well has a better pedigree than a lot of these guys? It's, it's, it's only like what three or four years ago this guy was the eleventh pick in the draft. Yeah, I was surprised he was picked that early, and there were a lot of people that loved. And it's the same situation, right? He came from the University of Louisville too, Lamar I believe, Jackson, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah. And he had low he had low completion percentages when he came out, and they had a little different offense. So I was a little concerned about him when he came out, but people loved him. People raved about him. So I, that it's going to be up and down there. I think he's going to have to to prove himself. Like if I was in Buffalo, I would actually take a shot on him over Tyrod Taylor. I've seen what Tyrod Taylor can do, and the only it is with Tyrod is that he's never really had a lot of weapons so that's that's one thing I, I give Tyrod there but he just like if I was a defense I would just keep him in the pocket and let him throw the ball he just did nothing to ever impress me uh, there but he's never had anyone really to throw the ball to but they're going to change this year I don't know who the hell they're going to throw to this year yeah, that's true too. It's going to be the same situation right there. Then they get ready to tear that that uh, situation down, um, and uh, try to figure out what they're going to do. Speaking of tearing situations down, Tony, the Seattle Seahawks, the Legion of Boom is no more. You have the injuries. Uh, I can't. Uh, the, the, you have two players likely not to return because of injury. Michael Bennett, the most hated man in the NFL, has been traded, and Richard Sherman is on his way to being released. Uh, it looks like Pete Carroll is uh, getting ready. Is counting the days so he can get out of here. You know what, though? Is he doing that or is he saving his job by uh, putting a rebuilding plan together? You know, that's what a lot of uh, coaches do. Oh, we're rebuilding. And then that buys you three or four years. What do you think he's trying to do here? Uh, I think that you could be right on the rebuild thing. I think he also could be getting like tearing it down and more or less being like, okay, let me tear this down. And then I can say, because you got to figure, look what he's doing with the defense. He's doing that with the entire coaching staff. I think it's piece by piece he yeah. could be getting ready to say, you know what? Here it is. I did the best I can with this. It's time to go check. It's, going, it's time to go attract a new project. I got some pieces here in place for you guys to get started with. So here's what could be gone from the, the Seattle defense. Cliff Averill, the starting defensive end, the top defensive end gone through injury it looks like he'll be gone right mm -hmm. then you look at um the uh cornerback richard sherman who's the top cornerback jeremy lane who was terrible but he was he was on the field the whole year mm -hmm. uh he's gonna be gone it looks like they're gonna cut him based on reports cam chancellor because of injuries gone and now earl termis they're floating around because um he decided to go to the Dallas cowboys locker room instead of his own locker room and ask if he could play for them <laughs> um so they're floating him around there and that's all from the defense and you mentioned the whole coaching staff there. They don't have a running back in place. Um, wide receiver Paul Richardson, also a free agent uh, on the offensive side. This is going to be a whole new team this season. Whole new team, Tony. But guess what? They're still going to run through one Mr. Russell Wilson. And I think Russell Wilson, because of this, is going to have a big season because he's going to have to do it all. Do you think Chris Carson's an every down back? No, I don't think Chris Carson's an every down back. They've already they've already called in Jonathan Stewart to, to work for a workout. I think yeah. the, I think the guy they're targeting, you know, is going to be Demarco Murray. I'll tell you what, that's a, that that'd be a big name. I think that it would be very very interesting. Um, there, uh, what's going on? The offensive line needs to be addressed. This offensive line, of course, has been a problem for at least three four years. The uh, ability of Russell Wilson to escape 
problems in the pocket has really assisted this team and put anything together offensively. But the holes in it last year, and he saw Russell Wilson get dinged up. Yeah. <clears throat> And I well, you know, he, well, he skirted the NFL concussion protocol, which needs to be redone, to, which needs to be taken a look at and done over again. Because we've seen Cam Newton uh, get knocked out, just about knocked out in, in the game later on in the season. We saw Russell Wilson get hit, concussed, go behind the tent, come right back out like he was not concussed. So the you know the, some of these superstar quarterbacks in these big games, Tony, they're not going to leave the game. Obviously, we heard the rumors from Giselle that last year Tom Brady uh, dealt with concussions. We never saw Tom Brady miss a game because of a concussion. No, so it's a situation that uh, the NFL is going to have to look at with these concussions. Yeah, I think that though the only rule, and I don't think the NFL is ever going to do it, is if there's a head injury, you should automatically be removed from the game, and then you take away, um, you know, the, the termination in the uh, uh, of medical personnel, medical teams. Once the player is deemed to have a head injury, he he misses the remainder of the game, and I don't think the NFL will ever do that. I, I, I agree with you. I think that's the way he's likely to go, but obviously the situations that, that around that are going to um, not allow that to happen. Uh, the 49ers and wide receiver Marquise Goodman, Tony, right quick, have agreed yes. on a three-year contract extension worth $20 million with $10 million in guaranteed money. Marcus Goodwin is getting $10 million in guaranteed money, Tony. I'll tell you what. He was the guy that Jimmy Garoppolo fell in love with, right? Yep. So um, I think it's a relatively contract for him he's had some concussion issues he's a smaller wide receiver um there's definitely some risk but it's only a 10 million dollar risk why not take it yeah no doubt so you're right so um i agree michael bennett seattle seahawks uh trade michael bennett to um to uh the, the eagles good to see the eagles keeping their foot on the gas because you know you want to yes. see that happen after your team wins the super bowl sometime it's a lull like you felt like, okay, well, we're full now. We can go ahead and lay back and kick back a little bit. The Eagles keeping pedal to the metal. Mentioned it several times. Michael Bennett, if not the most hated, one of the most hated uh, players in the NFL. Him along with his brother Martellus Bennett. Do you think that his? Do you think that Seattle, a place where people say is a locker room that one of the wokest teams in the NFL? Do you think that act ran short, or do you think, uh, or do you think that it was just like a, a financial move, a business move to go ahead and get Michael Bennett off the team? No, I think it was both. I think one, it made financial sense. Two, I think that's part of the reason the breakup in Seattle is that that thing's got out of control. And uh, let's start this thing over uh, with him, Richard Sherman, the defense. I mean, everybody in the world knows everybody hates Russell Wilson except Scott Engel. And uh, it, it's a crazy situation there. So I think they they stick by the quarterback. They break up these guys and they try to build it up again. All right. So there you go right there. You, you're, not a, you're not a Bennett fan, are you, right, Tone? Well, I mean, he's a little out there. But if he was on my team, I wouldn't mind it, right? <laughs> it seems like NFL fans always think that way, right? I hate that guy. He gets hurt to your team. It's my friend, my best friend. I bought his jersey. I mean, I mean, Michael Bet. I mean, his brother, right? His brother, Martellus, uh, made this, uh, you know, a suave move to get himself back to the New England Patriots. Um, so, uh, you know, he is a guy that uh, he, he can't be. Now, you know, everybody's a little off and they're a little crazy, and you got to be a little crazy to play in the National Football League. So they are what they are, and they can go there. And, you know, you, you throw a couple crazy things on Twitter, you say a couple crazy, and the whole world gets a little excited. That's what it is, right? Do you think Martellus Bennett is done, or you think he'll get still? You think he'll, you, or you think he'll find another sucker? I think he's done. I think he's done. I think he's officially done. I, th- I really do. It'll be, I, I got a hard time. That, like that Green Bay thing's gonna leave a lot of bad taste in their mouth. But you say that, and Legarrette Blunt is the guy that walked off the field at halftime, gets cut by the Steelers, and then wins the Super Bowl with the Patriots. And the Patriots don't pay him. He goes to Philadelphia, he wins the Super Bowl. So there's always hope. It's like Gary Blunt from Last Chance U has two Super Bowl rings. It's wild. It's, a, <laughs> it's, it's really, and he was a you know, and 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 a good and a, and a contributing member to both teams. I find that interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Tony, who's the number one but wide no receiver in free agency? Uh, let, let's take Landry out because Landry's a slot guy. So more or less, I'm asking you who you who you like better, Allen Robinson or Sammy Watkins. We had this discussion earlier this week on FSTOT. Yeah. I'm a Sammy. I'm a, I'm a believer in Sammy Watkins, but a lot of people think that Allen Robinson's a better player than Sammy Watkins. I don't see it. Yeah, I I really think it meets. It, it's a system thing. I think Allen Robinson's a better overall wide receiver. 
I think Sammy Watkins, unless I see something from somewhere else, he's only played in two spots, right? He's played in Buffalo and he's played in LA and he's run the same thing. He only runs deep patents. He doesn't run any other thing, anything else. And I want to see him in an offense where they try to use his skills and see if he can run any other patent. Uh, Allen Robinson can be a possession receiver, can be a guy uh, that could get down the field. I think he's the better a play, but is Sammy Watkins is a special talent. I just don't know if he has the skills to run all the necessary plays because he hasn't done it. Yeah, I, 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 interesting right there. I think that Sammy Watkins is the better talent. Allen Robson looks like the better football player, but I don't think we've really had a chance to see what Sammy Watkins can no. do as a football player because of the injuries. It's going to be so. really like, where do you think, I mean, Sammy, I, I really think it depends on where he plays and how good he's going to be. I'd like to see him get in a place where he could play in the slot where he hasn't done before. Like, you know what? If you could save a couple you know, million dollars and take Sammy Watkins out of the slot instead of Jarvis Landry, he'll be there. And, and I'm interested to see if some team's going to play Jarvis Landry 16 million a year to uh, to uh, play out of the slot, or if they're going to uh, you know try to move him to the outside. Yep. So there you go, right there. That's the situation with Sammy Watkins and Allen Robinson as these two gentlemen get ready to hit free agents. Now with Watkins, Tony, he's got to hit him and his people have got to be smart because you don't want to end up in a situation like the Rams where you are outshined by Cooper Cup. So he's got to go to a place where he knows there's a quarterback in place and it's a it's, a, it's an offensive coordinator that's going to work with him and make sure he gets the ball and treat him as the number one wide receiver. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, but does he – let me ask you a question. Uh, this is a good one right here. What if he goes to Houston and plays with DeAndre Hobbs and Will Fuller and he comes out of the slot? Well, then, then, well, then, it's a, then he's really going to be a problem then. Because <laughs> now, right? now, yeah, now he gets back with his, with his boys, um, you know, Andre Hopkins, him and Andre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins very close. And then you also have the situation where um, he's also very close. I mean, obviously, uh, with um, Deshaun Watson, the young quarterback out there. He's also real close with, uh, what's the other dude, the, the dude in Pittsburgh? Martavis Bryant's one of his good buddies, too. You think the Steelers are trying oh. to recruit him out there? I don't think Matteo is going to help his cause <laughs> getting You're to right. Pittsburgh. You're right, because um, Pittsburgh is probably not not long for Martavis. They say, uh, if we take him, we want you gone. The other place that makes the most sense besides Houston is San Francisco. If you have Pierre Garçon and Marquise Goodwin on the outsides, and then you put um, uh, Simi Wall the slot, that, and Jimmy Garoppolo's familiar with a slot wide receiver coming out of that New England offense, I mean, that could be huge. Do you think Dallas would be interested? They should be, right? They need someone opposite Des Bryant, but it's been that way for a long time. Price tag might be too high for him to end up in Big D. Interesting to see how it will play out. Fantasy Football Frenzy, thank you for rocking with us. Keep listening. You'll hear the Fantasy Football Frenzy throughout the weekends right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. For Tony Sincata, I am the Fantasy Executive Corey Parson. We are out.